0: Well, good morning, Hope Church. (laughs) Here's my question for you. How many times have you heard that? Yeah. If you've been with us, you know, over the last four plus years, you can say that you've heard it quite a few times. I didn't bother to count up how many times I may have begun with that. But um, it's been a few. But this, friends, is the last time that you will hear that from me as the lead pastor of Hope Church. My last sermon as lead pastor. I was going to wear a suit today, but then I thought most of you would probably fall over. (laughs) So I decided against that. But you know, the, the knowledge that, that this is my last message to you guys, it really evokes within me a number of emotions, lots of memories, lots of memories, some really good ones, and some really pretty challenging times along the way. But friends, that's what life is, Right? That's how life goes. And I think it was Ralph Waldo Emerson who I think said it very well. He said, Life is a journey, not a destination. What Emerson means when he says that is you're never really there, you've never really arrived. Unless, of course, your time on earth is done. Then you've arrived. But this life, this life is a journey. And that's something that I have really had to come to grips with in my life. See, if you know anything about me, you will know that I am one who craves closure, who craves completion. It's one of the reasons I was drawn to the mountains when I was younger, climbing mountains. Because it made sense to me. The objective was there, it was simple. You make your way to the top, you get to the top, you're done. It's over. I also think that's why I enjoy building things and remodeling. Maybe less so now as I get older because that's hard work and I'm old. Don't argue with me. I'm old. It's true. What color is this? But for me, there's great satisfaction in finishing a project. Can you guys relate to that? You kind of feel the way I do. I know a lot of you out there are very much task-oriented, right? You like to check those things off, finish that, done with that. But as Emerson reminds us, that is not really what life is like. Life is a journey, not a destination. This life, our, our, our journey, is probably better described as a series of projects or a series of phases if you will. Think of it as a small as a series of smaller journeys within the larger journey we call our lives. And I don't think anyone understood that any better than the apostle Paul. And when we consider the totality of Paul's life, we look at his younger years, right? When he was training as a Pharisee. And of course, the years that he spent persecuting the Christian church and then his, his conversion on the road to Damascus and then his missionary journeys that are well-documented throughout the New Testament and of course, all of the many churches that Paul served. And it's because Paul moved around so much that he had the opportunity to say farewell more than once. And today, I want to share with you one of those farewells. It's something that Paul shared with a group of Christians on his last day with them. Now, please understand that I am in no way comparing myself to the Apostle Paul. Mm Mm-mm. But over the years, I have tried my best to learn from him and emulate him in his service to God. You know, Paul told the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he said, follow my example. And you hear that and you kind of go, wow, Paul really sort of thinks a lot of himself, doesn't he? But no, Paul says, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Friends, ultimately, our lives are to be modeled after Jesus Christ. And Paul was an example of modeling your life after Jesus Christ. And friends, it has been my prayer, and it is my prayer, that if, as, as imperfect as I am, if I have to some degree... To any degree, set an example for you, then I've done what I came for. So let's look at this farewell. It's found in Acts chapter 20. If you want to turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 20, Paul's address is actually found beginning at verse 17 goes all the way through to the end of the chapter, verse 38. We're not going to read all of that, but there are some verses and some thoughts that I want to pull out, and I want to leave with you guys today. Now, this occurs on Paul's third missionary journey. And during that third missionary journey, Paul spent about three years in Ephesus. Now, Yes, Paul had traveled some during that time, but while he was in Ephesus, he lived with the people. He was their friend. He was their fellow worker. He was their pastor. And I want to point us to several characteristics of Paul's ministry that I have tried to imitate. And I charge you guys to continue to imitate these characteristics long after my time here is done. So the first we see in verses 18 and 19, Paul says this, he says, "'You know how I lived the whole time I was with you. "'From the first day I came into the province of Asia, "'I served the Lord with great humility "'and with tears and in the midst of severe testing "'by the plots of my Jewish opponents.'" So the first thing that we see here, friends, is that Paul served humbly and faithfully. Paul served humbly and faithfully. And he calls attention to himself as an example. Not not an example instead of Jesus, but an example of following after Jesus. And like Jesus, Paul was there to serve. Not to be served. And the word that Paul uses here that's translated serve, it doesn't just mean simple acts of service. No. No, it's, it's much more deeper than that. It really means to be owned by another. In other words, to perform the duties of a slave. And you perform those duties even if it means tears. Even if it means challenges difficulties. See, Paul knew that he did not belong to himself. Paul knew that it was never about him. It was never about him. It was never about his needs. And he reminds the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. And friends, that's true for us as well today. Christ laid down his life for us. We belong to him. And of course, Paul knew better than to take credit for anything that was accomplished through him. No, Paul humbly gave credit where credit was due. Nothing was achieved outside of the power of God. Paul knew this. He said this to the Corinthians in a number of places in his letters to them. He quoted Jeremiah 9.24 and said, Let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And I want you to know, friends, that Hope Church was never about me. It was never about me. It's not about me now. It will not be about me going into the future. I came here five plus years ago. I agreed to be the lead pastor four years ago to serve. To serve humbly and faithfully. To serve Christ. To serve you. To serve this community. And friends, again, if I've done that at all well, I point to Christ as my power and my strength. I boast in Him because I know that apart from Him, apart from His power, apart from His wisdom, apart from His leading, I can do nothing. And it's my prayer, friends. It's my prayer that moving forward, you all would remember you are not your own. You belong to Christ. And I pray, I pray that you would continue to serve him and one another and this community humbly and faithfully. Serve humbly and faithfully. We read on in verses 20 and 21 and we see a second point. In there, Paul says, you know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And dropping down to verse 27, he says, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God friends Paul preached the truth of God's word and he preached it faithfully all of it all of it even the uncomfortable parts he didn't sugarcoat the truth he came to the Ephesians he came with some bad news and he shared that bad news with them you guys are all sinners no one is perfectly righteous Paul says it in Romans 3 23 all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God friends and that applies to us as well no one is good enough no one is perfectly righteous but he also came with the good news the good news that God made a way to be reconciled to him because he continues in Romans 3 to say all are justified freely by the grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. And Paul did not apologize for any of that. He did not apologize because it is the truth, and he points them toward repentance and faith in Jesus as the only way to be saved. And God blessed his ministry to the Ephesians because it was centered on Christ. And again, friends, my goal over the last four years has been to imitate Paul and preach the truth faithfully. My purpose in being here has been the same as Paul's. You need to know the bad news. The bad news that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But also the good news. The good news, friends, that Jesus Christ, the one and only Son of God, died on a cross and was raised again on the third day for you. To save you from your sins. And if you place your faith in Him, you are forgiven and you will spend eternity with Him. That's the gospel. That's the truth. That's our mission. Our mission and, and one of the main purposes of the church is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with the world. I love the way Spurgeon puts it. He says, preach you Christ and Christ and Christ and and Christ, and nothing else but Christ. Without apology. Without apology. You know, Paul had a mantra in Romans 1.16. I've adopted it as kind of my mantra. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God unto salvation to all who believe. It's the truth. I've done my best by the power of the Holy Spirit to live up to that. And my charge, moving forward to you all, and yes, Paul addresses the leadership of the Ephesian church here, but this is for everyone. Everyone has a stake in this. Everyone has a responsibility to be sure that the gospel is preached. All of it. Even the messy parts, even the uncomfortable parts. Because God works through his word. Make sure that the gospel goes forward. The next thing that Paul wanted the Ephesians to understand is why he's leaving. He says in verse 22. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. See, Paul makes it clear that this wasn't his choice. It wasn't his choice to leave them. It wasn't his choice to go to Jerusalem. It was the leading of the Holy Spirit. Paul knew that God was directing his steps, moving him here, telling him to go there. Paul didn't decide, hey, I'm leaving. He was just listening to God's divine call. So why am I stepping down? Although I won't be leaving you like Paul left the Ephesians. Nancy and I plan on being a part of this church moving forward, if you'll have us. Actually, it would probably be good to keep us around because then when visitors come, they can look at me and say, oh, isn't it wonderful that they have a ministry to the homeless? (laughs) But why? 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 Why why step away now? Friends, I can honestly say, like Paul, I am compelled by the Holy Spirit. After after much prayer, much consideration, and obviously consultation with my wife, we have come to the conclusion that the time is right to step away and allow the next shepherd to, of the church to carry on God's work here at Hope. And we are convinced, friends, that this is the leading of the Holy Spirit, even if the future seems uncertain. And the future does seem a little uncertain, certainly for the church, for me. And even Paul admitted that he didn't know what was going to happen next. He didn't know. But he was okay because he was being led by the Holy Spirit. I want to point out the fact that it was the leading of the Holy Spirit that brought me here in the first place. Some of you know my story. Some don't. But this, this phase, right, this, this phase of my journey This phase began eh, 12 or so more years ago when I felt a call into full-time ministry. And that was a call that I was able to push down and ignore. You know, kind of like my friend Jonah here. I ran the other way. I said, no, I'm too busy. You got the wrong guy. "Uh Uh-uh, not me. Until a friend of mine, who happened to be my pastor at the time, said, I'm sensing that you should be pursuing becoming a commission pastor. And that was a call that I could not push aside. So I prayed. And I began this journey. And I began preparing. I began studying with this very, very clear path to becoming a commission pastor, a campus pastor for this very large multi-site church that we were a part of at the time. I had a plan. But through circumstances that can only be described as the work of the Holy Spirit, friends, that opportunity vanished. Gone. And left me like, I'm like, what just happened? What just happened? Lord, you prepared me for this, and now nothing? What am I supposed to make of this? And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Not not audibly, you know, the clouds didn't part, and the sun with the, ah. But the Holy Spirit made it clear to me. At that time, he said, this is not the time, this is not the place. And life went on. And of course, in the meantime, we'd made the decision to uh, move out of Illinois. I don't know why anyone would do that, by the way. Uh, but we had this crazy idea that it'd be better on this side of the border. And again, through a set of circumstances that can only be described as the hand of God, friends, we wound up living in Lowell, Indiana. Like Lowell, Indiana. Never in a million years had we ever imagined that we'd be living in Lowell, Indiana. But that's where the Holy Spirit led us. But you know the Holy Spirit wasn't done yet. Because one day we received this postcard in the mail. Hope Church, come join us. Four o'clock, Sunday afternoon, Nazarene Church. He said, hey, let's go check this out, see what's what. I remember that first service. Praise team, they introduced the members, and Tom Kreischold's name came up. I knew a Kreischold from another somewhere, and went up and introduced myself, and immediately Tom put us to work. <laughs> kind of sounds like Tom, right? But honestly, it was not long before we became a part of the steering team and uh, we were doing all pulpit supply at the time, so I offered to help with pulpit supply. And, you know, the rest, they sort of say, is history. I was asked to be the lead pastor. And I said yes. You know why I said yes? Because I was compelled by the Holy Spirit. I was compelled by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit said to me, this is the time. This is the place. And I've been, I've been doing my best to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit ever since then. Because friends, make no mistake, I've said this before, I'll say it again. I cannot do any of this without the Holy Spirit. I can't stand up here week after week and share with you without the power of the Holy Spirit. I can't do this on my own. You know, Jesus tells us in John chapter 15, and and, and I cling to this, I cling to this. He says, remain in me. Remain in me, because apart from me, you can do nothing. So I lean on the Holy Spirit, and that's where we're at today. And it is my prayer that each and every one of you and the leadership of Hope Church would never... Stop seeking the wisdom and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Because it is the wisdom and the guidance of the Holy Spirit that will take you where you need to go. So serve humbly and faithfully. Stay true to the truth of God's Word. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. There's one more thing that Paul shared with the Ephesians that I want to share with you. He tells the Ephesians, and of course he speaks to us today as well, right? He says, stay alert. Be alert. And I want you to listen to these words because they are very meaningful In light of some of the things that have been going on recently, listen up. He says, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. I'm not sure I have a lot to add to that other than to say And again, friends, Paul is addressing the leadership of the church at Ephesus, but it's not just the leadership that's that's responsible for this. It's everyone. And for you guys, it's everyone who calls Hope Church home. Protect yourselves. Protect God's church because you are his. The church is his. All purchased, friends, by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I pray... That by the wisdom and the power of the Holy Spirit, you would all recognize attacks on God's church for what they are, distortions of the truth meant to create doubt and division. Last thing I'm going to leave you with here. It isn't from Paul's address to the Ephesians. It's from his letter to the church at Philippi. But it it reinforces, absolutely reinforces everything that Paul shared with the Ephesians. Everything that I have shared with you this morning, those points. And I will let this speak for me this morning. Therefore, therefore. In other words, because of everything that we've just talked about, therefore, my brothers and my sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way. Dear friends, Stand firm and united in Christ, for there is no other place to stand that's secure. Serve humbly and faithfully Christ, each other, and this community. Stay true to the Word of God. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and be alert. Protect God's church. And may God bless Hope Church. Heavenly Father, we we bow before you. Because you are the God of creation, you are the sovereign Lord over all. And Lord, we know that you have a plan for each one of us, for this church, for this world. And Father, we just pray for your blessing. Father, I pray for your blessing on each and every one of your people here today. And I pray for your blessing on Hope Church. Lord, we look to you, our only hope, our source of wisdom and guidance. And we ask for your help. We ask this in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.